The horizon is wide and the highway is calling. That means it's time for another episode of American Roads Trip Talk. I'm your host, Gary Mance, with a welcome and an invitation to travel the byways and back roads of yesteryear, searching for America in every incomparable mile. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen. Glad to have you with us for this edition of Trip Talk. We'll be back right after this. The holiday gift-giving season soon will be right around the corner. It's not too early to fuel the open road dreams of special people in your life with a subscription to American Road Magazine. With exciting features, quality writing, and beautiful photography in every issue, American Road makes a perfect gift for road-tripping moms and dads, gallivanting grandparents, adventurous aunts and uncles. Maybe that special friend will enjoy it too. Visit AmericanRoadMagazine.com, click subscribe, and for a limited time, you can enter the code KKNW to receive 25% off your subscription. Alternative Talk 1150, here to uplift your day. Welcome back to Trip Talk. So happy to have you with us. Always a good way to spend a Friday or any day when you listen to us on the podcast through Podcast One, iTunes, AmericanRoadMagazine.com. There's another one. And, of course, the archives at 1150KKNW.com. I am going to be joined by our show's producer, Eric Ryder, today. Eric, it's great to be doing this show with you as I'm on the road from Chicago. Absolutely. Yeah, we're talking about one of my favorite things today. Cheeseburgers, right? (laughs) Cheeseburgers. And that implies burger wars because burgers are big, big business in America. We're going to talk today to one of the entrepreneurs behind a supremely successful House of Burgers, Hunter House Hamburgers in Metropolitan Detroit. And I can't wait to talk to this gentleman about how you build a better burger and how do you survive the burger wars atmosphere in the commercial culture of the United States. Of course, burgers are great for road trippers. They always want to know where is the best local burger. They don't necessarily want to eat from the major chains. We do plenty of that anyway. Most of us do. And they want to know where is the best local burger. Well, I know of one such place, and we'll find out about that shortly. But this is the least you need to know. Hunter House Hamburgers was established in 1952 in Birmingham, Michigan, featuring the original type of slider, a little hamburger with some sweet, juicy onions smashed into the meat, and, of course, with the buns steamed. The small white pillbox diner is a famous mainstay on Woodward Avenue in Metro Detroit, the first paved road in America. Hunter House is a family-run business three generations deep, now operated by the third owners since the restaurant first opened. And so we are happy to welcome Kelly Cobb to Trip Talk. Kelly, so glad you could make it today. Thank you, Gary. Thank you, Eric. Happy to be with you. Thanks for having me on. I have to admit that I put it on my bucket list, my burger bucket list, to get to Detroit, (laughs) to Woodward Avenue, and fabulous Hunter House hamburgers, a small and, to all appearances, a rather unassuming, in the bio we say pillbox there, but a place that has become a shrine to burger lovers. And here you are, part of the family, the entrepreneurs of Hunter House hamburgers, operating it this very day. And so if you could tell us a little bit about the backstory there and what makes Hunter House Hamburger so special, we'll have Eric jump into the conversation because any town of any size has its favorite burgers, That's especially right. local joints. And, and we've got so, some great yeah. ones here in the uh, Pacific Northwest. 
and we're going to hear about them, too, from Eric as we move on with this interview. But, Kelly, get us started. Tell us about the history of Hunter House Hamburgers and your role in it. Well, we opened in back in 1952, as you said, and back then uh, uh, the road uh, was not paved out all the way from Detroit uh, straight out on Woodward Avenue up to us. It was still a dirt road back then, and uh, we opened, and the first owner actually dug the foundation and built a tiny little building, but less than a 1,000 square feet, with his own two hands, with him and his buddy opened another restaurant down the street. Uh, and it was part of a movement at the time. You know, there was a lot of these little hamburger restaurants, wider restaurants opening up. And, of course, everybody knows like White Castle, right? They took over the entire country. And then you had McDonald's in the 50s come about. And Burger King was before McDonald's. But in Detroit, it's been a very big culture, sliders, and not the cute little miniature hamburgers we know of today, but the classic small two-ounce patty with, a, you know, caramelized onions in it. The classic slider is a cultural mainstay in Metro Detroit. And uh, we've been a part of that community ever since. There's a number of us around the area. But the first owners dug out the building by their hands, and the Woodward Avenue paved up all the way to them. Uh, the name Hunter House comes from the fact that it wasn't even Woodward Avenue at the time. It was Hunter Boulevard. And so, uh, but Woodward Avenue eventually overtook that stretch coming out of Detroit, and uh, the name got renamed. And my family took it over in the 1980s. Uh, my grandma insisted on buying it, and my grandpa reluctantly agreed. And the deal was that he could sit at the counter and drink coffee. Coffee and hamburgers is kind of a, a, a cultural thing in Detroit. And uh, so she really ran the shop. My grandmother did. She cooked. She did all the books. They went six days a week, and they operated at Mom and Pop. And it stayed that way until business just couldn't handle it anymore. And now uh, we're a big operation. we got 30 employees. We run a small uh, ship of staff. But uh, we're cranking them out year over year. And uh, it's, it's now we've got two food trucks and uh we're just going gangbusters and people just keep coming home to the classic neighborhood uh you know institution the classic neighborhood spot around metro detroit it doesn't matter if it's us or one of the other little white diners uh that serve burgers in detroit but uh all of us just continue to do great because it's part of our culture in detroit kelly that just excites me because i am a burger lover admit it i'm a bit of an addict I wouldn't describe myself as necessarily a gourmand because I don't have that much expertise about how to make the best burger or the best slider burger. But I know what I like when I'm tasting it. What is it about Hunter House hamburgers that became, if not your secret recipe, and you may have one, but what is it that made them so popular? Well, I think it's just uh, part of it is the nostalgia and love for it. You know, it's generations and generations. Uh, every day I meet people and they say, my, you know, I taught my son to eat off the floor of your restaurant when he was a baby. Uh, everybody comes in from all walks of life. You have business executives next to carpenters. Uh, people old and young come through the door, and people come through because it's just it's part of the culture. But the, the secret recipe, I think, is really just simplicity. And, you know, compared to your modern-day slider, quote-unquote, which is you know, just a, uh, a mini burger, so to speak, and it can have dozens of toppings on it, you know, or uh, be big and juicy and plump or be, you know, smaller. Uh, we're simple, and we get away with that because people, at the end of the day, they, they love that simplicity. You know, a, a double cheeseburger for us has two basic patties with a really good custom blend of meat. We've been using the same meat processor for over 30 years. And a caramelized onions, sweet onions, we cut them the morning of every day. Our meat comes every morning. 
so we're always putting fresh ingredients into it. Our buns come sometimes two times a day. And cheese, and that's really all there is to it. If you have quality ingredients going in, you don't need to put lipstick on the pig. You don't need to dress it up. It's great as itself. And so we believe that there's beauty in simplicity, that there's, there's perfection in simplicity with food. And so we just go back to having a good custom uh, grind of beef, you know, throw some filet in there, make it nice and tender and juicy so that, you know, it slides right down your throat, make it so that when you're biting through it, there's no, there's no chunkiness to it. You know, there's no beefiness to it. It's really just all very soft and juicy. And if you can make a burger like that, it's something that apparently everybody loves. Quality, simplicity, good service. Eric, that sounds like a recipe for huge success. You're no stranger to a good cheeseburger. How does all this sound to you? <laughs> it, it sounds fantastic. And uh, one of these days I'll get out to, to Detroit and try one of these things because I looked them up online. Uh, the Hunter House uh, website uh, has some nice pictures. And if you go into, like, Google Images, you see lots of people that have taken pictures of their uh, their burgers. And they look fantastic. So looking forward to trying one eventually. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, and we'll, the we'll ship one out I, to you. Worst case, <laughs> hold them to it. FedEx. Eric. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought I would mention this, and this is ten years ago. Maybe it's even better now. But I it, there's a headline: number one burger in Michigan, mm-hmm. and this mm-hmm. is a quote: yep. "We hit the road to find the one burger you absolutely have to try in every state." Hunter House Hamburgers is the number one best burger in Michigan. Order five or ten at a time. This is from Food Network magazine in June of 2009. And the the wonderful reviews keep on coming from all quarters. I really congratulate you, Kelly, because you've gone big time, even though you remained, as it were, small time. And this is the kind of thing that the road-traveling public looks for. If you want to go to the big chains, name anyone you like. We all know who they are. They're easy enough to find off any interstate. But when you work your way into the towns and even the larger cities of America, you want to know what the local fare tastes like. Amen, Gary. And, you know, I'll I'll add to that. We've gotten a number of reviews over the years, but we're we're very proud in our unique way. Our first review ever that was in a publication didn't come from a restaurant magazine or a food critic magazine or anything that it came from Car and Driver magazine, and it was because uh, at the time, uh, a lot of the auto executives who worked in downtown Detroit commuted to and from right past our restaurant every day. And it became a place where the, you routinely find vice presidents, presidents of the auto industry at our restaurant eating, and it became part of car culture. And, of course, that car culture is very much a mainstay in Detroit. If you're a classic car lover, uh, you can come in late August to the Dream Cruise on Woodward Avenue, and you can sit outside of Hunter House and watch classic cars go up and down the road. So it's a, that's a great, that's a very big, very popular road tripper activity to come up to Dream Cruise. We have over 1.5 million people every year come to Dream Cruise to drive their classic cars from all over the country and come drive up and down Woodward just to check out everybody else's ride and check out their wheels. And it's part of car culture for us. It's not just a road tripper's dream. It's not just a stopover place necessarily. It's kind of part of who we are is, you know, just the, the, the auto industry in Detroit, the cars that come in Detroit, the number of classic cars that pull through our lot, uh, you know, on, on, a, on a given weekend 
in in the middle of summer is just enormous. And it's because a lot of the guys who own those old cars used to build those old cars in Detroit. And they used to come there when they were kids driving their old 1970 fill-in-the-blank. And they would park and they'd come eat hamburgers, and they still do it today with their classic cars. So it's just fascinating because we get all these great reviews. We're very proud of that one and a number of others we've gotten. Um, but the first review ever in Car and Driver magazine, you never would expect it. <laughs> and, no. And there's uh, just – go ahead, Gary. Sorry. I was just saying that that's, that's the kind of surprise you like to see. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was just going to add that there's just something about a, a cheeseburger on a road trip that's just absolute perfection. It's just uh, maybe it's something to do with how quick uh, they can be made, or you know the you know the various <laughs> restaurants mm-hmm. all, all along the uh, the freeways and byways of America. Um, but it just nothing more satisfying in my mind anyway uh, when you're on a road trip than stopping for that burger. Amen to that. I mean. Uh, that's one of the things about sliders that are very unique. Unlike a lot of burgers, you'll get a big, you know, a big burger. It takes a long time to cook. Our burgers are small and thin, right? They're they're a small, little, greasy, juicy slider, and it's very fast to cook them. And so we get a number of people who come through and they order a bag and go, or they, uh, you know, they they come through and they grab just a snack in the afternoon. Uh, and so it's it's part of you know it's part of our culture, but it's part of American culture, mm-hmm. really. And, uh, you know, I needn't go into the history of, uh, you know, eating burgers on the road trip, <laughs> but it's been fascinating to, to watch how burgers have evolved as part of the American diet since, you know, over 100 years ago. And the growth is just enormous, and it's just not slowing down. People just love burgers. Yeah. And, of course, uh, we've got some great uh, classic burger joints here in the uh, in Washington that, uh, of course, we've got to give a shout-out to Dick's uh, Drive-In, which is uh, pretty famous uh, throughout the Seattle area, several locations, and they've been around uh, since the 50s. And if you're in Tacoma, the equivalent is Frisco Freeze. If you're in Fife, the equivalent is Pickwick. Uh, both of those are great drive-ins. And, again, the uh, the fast uh, but delicious burger, and they're all, you know, they're local. They use quality ingredients and I, as you say, that makes the difference. It does. It does. And and you become an institution because you just serve generations of people and you just don't change it up, you know. You start yeah. with quality stuff. Uh, and I think, a, you know, a lot of the other, you know, a lot of the bigger chains, a lot of the bigger new brands that come and go, you just see the sort of lack of quality or the sort of fly-by-night nature of them. And the ones that really stick around and the ones that do the best, are the ones that are consistent and the ones that just make a great product at the end of the day. And and I, I've actually been to Dick's when I was visiting Seattle. I went there, and it was just as fantastic as, you know, you'd expect it to be. I, I, I have a love for these burger places. When I travel, I hit them all. Nice. I'll bet you would. You want to know what other people are doing. You're into the hamburger culture, Kelly. I love it. It would have been disappointing had you not expressed that interest, but you know your way around a burger. I love this. As a matter of fact, I have to compliment Eric. He has an almost alarmingly minute understanding of what makes a good hamburger and where they can be found around the Pacific Northwest. Eric, you're scaring me. <laughs> <laughs> well, Gary, you lived up here uh, for a long time. What was your favorite burger while you lived in Washington? 
you're asking me a question, and it's, it, I'm going to give you an honest answer here. I did enjoy Dick's Burgers, and I enjoyed the French fries, which are perpetually warm under mm-hmm. the amber light. You can just see them sitting there waiting to be devoured. That was great because it's local burger culture, and it started in Seattle. Yeah. Of course, we have a Seattle radio audience, so they know all about Dick's Burgers, and people who come to Seattle soon find out. But I grew up in Orange County, seven miles from Disneyland, and that was where Carl's Jr. got its start. Now it's Carl Karcher Enterprises, and Carl Karcher has been onto the big uh, burger joint in the sky long ago. But when he started out, he had hot dogs, and then he had hamburgers. It really was a stand, a hamburger and hot dog stand. And then slowly he built his empire, and he had headquarters in Anaheim, California, very close to Disneyland and all of that popular culture. And it became a pop culture sensation in its own right, Carl's Jr. He had an American flag that I swear is the size of, size of Rhode Island. It was unbelievable. <laughs> a very patriotic man, and he loved commercial culture, and he loved to make the best fast food that he could. So I got hooked on Carl's Jr. I loved their... Double cheeseburgers, I think they call it. I'm going back a ways here, but it was the Carl's Superstar cheeseburger. Just great stuff. But then they went big time. Mm-hmm. And with that come accommodations to the need to run a vast burger empire. And so Carl's Jr. was my favorite. And no matter where I lived, I, for a while in Seattle, in Puget Sound, you couldn't get Carl's Jr. And then they invaded the market slowly. So now you can. And then I moved. So now I go like now. Carl's merged with Hardee's, another big chain, and I make a permanent home in Sarasota, Florida. There isn't a Hardee's there, but in the Tampa Bay area, you can find Hardee's Burgers, another great place to get a burger, and there is this merger element. So that's that's my history with burgers, and of course, the big, big chains I do go to just because they're convenient from where I live. But that leads me to ask Kelly. When you talk about you know the big success stories, Carl's Jr. merging with parties, and we all know about the Golden Arches for Pete's sake. So with all of that happening, has there been a temptation? Have there been offers over the years for Hunter House to go big, to become like uh, the place that's got the castle with the sliders, you know, and to really get into the macro economy of the burger wars? I'm curious to know if you've been approached. Oh yes. Yes, we have. And uh, the, I mean, every probably quarterly, uh, we get an email from a franchisor or, or someone. Uh, we get emails very consistently from people who live around the country. You know, in Detroit, we had an economic downturn, like a lot of the country, and a lot of people left the state of Michigan. We had a population decline. They moved all over the country. And people email us now. I live in Phoenix. When are you coming to Phoenix? I live in Sarasota. When are you coming to Sarasota? And, uh, and we've just decided as a family that our culture is we're we're homebodies and we we really love being part of our neighborhood we love being part of uh the community that we that we live in and uh there is something that changes a restaurant when you start having a ton of them you lose that novelty you lose that experience you can't do the quality control you have to start getting to a big national meat processor Mm -hmm. you know what i mean our buns come from Brown's Bakery in Detroit. It's the oldest bakery in the city of Detroit. How are we going to do that when, you know, we're opening a store in Nashville, right? It doesn't work for us. And so we just decided local is best. Keep it in the family. Keep it a small operation. There's no reason to go big because uh, we just love who we are culturally. 
and we fear that it might change that. You know, uh, more power to those who, who branch out. And obviously, the first one, uh, White Castle, the first, you know, quote unquote spider place, started up in the late 20s, uh, I think 1929 or so. They're credited as being the first spider place in America. Hmm. But really, there's another little place just like us in Detroit called Mott's Hamburgers. Mott's also started in 1929, and they've always been the same way, uh, just like us, just a small, family-run, independent place. And there's about a dozen little burger restaurants, little white and stainless steel diners in Detroit that are all family-run, independently-run, and we just love having you know our miniature regional burger wars between us. <laughs> uh, it's just fun to stay in the area and know that we're all we've all got our neighborhoods and our territories and uh we're all frenemies so to speak <laughs> <laughs> if anybody has uh seen the movie the founder which is all about mm-hmm. uh, ray Kroc, uh who took the mcdonald's brand and spread it across the country you see in that movie the the various like sacrifices to quality that they made right. you know taking this thing national and the mcdonald's brothers right. were losing their minds um, back yeah. home in california because their formula that was so successful was getting tweaked with you know so you can really see the difference between a local operation and a national operation like that so i admire uh, your willingness to just keep it local and just keep it good. I mean, uh, you know, I, I've got all sorts of stories from coming in the food industry, and one of them, I got approached by a big national meat processor, and they sat down with me, and they wanted our business. We'll cut your prices, you know, obviously, and so on and so forth. Uh, and he said, so tell me about your beef. What's the grind? And I was like, well, I'm not telling you that information. He goes, well, tell me about the additives. I said, what additives? He goes, well, don't you put something in it, like, you know, to make it more filling? Most people add, uh, like, like breadcrumbs in to make people feel like they ate more and make them more full. And I'm sitting there thinking, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm not going to do business with you. We're just a meat, but we, the bread is the bun, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and it makes me skeptical of these big national places. We love being local. We love being, you know, the our meat processors, a family-run business in Detroit. We're a family-run business. Brown's. Bun Bakery's family, our pickles are made in Detroit. Uh, and so we're just really happy to have a sort of a local sourcing. And I don't think we'll ever we'll ever be able to change that. I hope that you wouldn't. And that allows me, I just have to ask you, Kelly, what is, what is the truth about this stuff? I've heard pink slime. Was that what some kind of weird preservative they used? <laughs> I mean, we're getting into the no, super no. burger wars. That's the that's the McDonald's uh, pink slime. Is that what? You're... <laughs> so I've heard. I, yeah, I don't I, even know if it's true. Uh, but they just use a lower grade quality of beef. I mean, that's basically what it is. Um, but you know, I think the big divisions in the burger wars right now are uh, probably really the, the new meatless trend. Right? You've got the Impossible Burgers, the Beyond Burgers. Uh, and this thought that cows are killing the planet and uh, climate change is a problem and, and we want to stop eating meat and start eating plants in meat form. And that's been an interesting disruptor in our industry. You see a lot of the big chains grabbing on to meatless products. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've just decided not to. And part of it is because beef consumption is still up year over year. People still eat beef. They love beef. Uh, you know, the meatless products are, are high in sodium. They're, they don't have a complete amino acid structure that, a, that ground beef does. They're not a complete meal in that sense. 
And, um, and, but it, it's interesting to watch that sort of trend grow. Uh, and a lot of people ask me, aren't you going to put it on the menu? Don't you feel threatened? And I think to myself, you know what? We've been doing the same thing for over 65 years. Why would I change what works when people keep coming in the door more and more every single year? At the end of the day, Americans love cheeseburgers, and you can put a period at the end of the set. You don't need to change the formula. Well said. Now, I do understand that people want healthy alternatives, and there's an irony in that, Kelly, because I'm one of those guys whose doctor has told him, lay off the salt. I have to watch the sodium because of high blood pressure. Okay, well and good. I was not aware that if I went for a so-called garden burger, an alternative, that I actually was going to be adding too much sodium to my diet. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's it, it, It's interesting to see that uh, there's been some reporting recently about the differences between the types of the Beyond Meat and the Impossible Burger and everything. Um, but at the end of the day, ground beef, you know, love or hate it, uh, be a vegan or be a, be a carnivore. Uh, it has a complete amino acid structure. It's a great source of protein, and it's not high in sodium at all. It's pretty much just exactly what you get. And I think you enjoy everything in the world that you love. Just do it in moderation, and, and you'll be healthy if you do that. That's my operating philosophy. <laughs> that said, I do eat about a dozen double cheeseburgers a week. So wow. I, don't know if, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'm the best to say that, but still. <laughs> If they want to go to the first one, Kelly, let's go ahead and drive some business your way because a lot of people are going to listen to the podcast after the broadcast. If they want to go to Woodward Avenue, which is a pilgrimage unto itself, and they want to go visit you at Hunter House Hamburgers and taste your wonderful sliders, what is the easiest way to get there from? Well, let's say you've landed at the airport, you've gotten yourself a hotel to be near the action in Detroit. How would they find you? You go up Woodward Avenue. It's hard to miss. It's the main thoroughfare that shoots straight up up out of Detroit, the first paved road in America. And you might as well just start right at the water, the river, and go straight out of Detroit, see the sights, come straight out of Detroit, come right up to to Woodward and 15 Mile, 35075 Woodward Avenue, and come visit us at Hunter House, and uh, we'll give you a meal, a burger, unlike one that I think you probably had before. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Kelly Cobb, for joining us today. I can't wait to visit you at Hunter House Hamburgers. The first time I get to Detroit, haven't made it yet, but I'm sure that I will, and I'll look forward to shaking your hand. Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks for having me on today. A real pleasure. Eric, we have some place to go. We'll, we'll uh, pony up to the, uh, the order desk there and uh, wait our turn because they draw quite a crowd in. Thank you so much, Eric, for contributing to the conversation today. I'm hungry. Can't wait. Me too. Yeah, it's lunchtime here. Thanks so much, everyone, for tuning into American Road Trip Talk, along with Thomas and Becky Rep, co-founders of American Road Magazine. We remind you to visit our website, AmericanRoadMagazine.com, to preview the current issue of American Road Magazine. Until next week, drive safely and dream well.